What does it mean that people are created in God's image? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian DeBozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. So Aaron, today we get to talk about a subject that I really like. I mean, this is a doctrine, the image of mm-hmm. God, that is really important. Um, I, I find myself being drawn to it more and more. Uh, in my life, as, yeah. as I think about things, as I process what's going on in our culture and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a really important doctrine, as if none of them are not important. Yeah. Uh, but also at the same time, we we have to recognize as, as we dive into it, it's not a crystal clear one. There's yes. a little bit of, of, of vagueness when it comes to this. Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely some ambiguity. Um, it is one that, um, I mean, if you had to say simply what it meant... Um, as you're, as you're going to see, we have an answer to that, but you know, there, but you can't get too specific. Exactly. So, um, so let's, but let's go with the slightly elongated answer (laughs) Um, and then we'll shorten it. Right. Um, and of course, as always, we have a video explaining this that, that hopefully unpacks it in a really helpful way. Um, easy to understand way um, that we would encourage you to check out. You can go to gospelproject.com slash 99-essentials to see that and a whole host of other videos that are related to these doctrines that we are talking about. So uh, with that, the image of God in humanity is understood as mirroring God's attributes in our nature, actions, and relational capacities. In Jesus, we see the image of we see the true image of God. He perfectly mirrors God's attributes, fulfills God's wills, God's will, and enjoys a perfect relationship with the Father. The Bible continues to speak of the image of God in humanity even after our fall into sin, even though our ability to rightly reflect God has been marred. So that's a really complex way of saying essentially that people are unique in that we alone, unlike anything else that God has made, we alone are like God in certain ways. And and there's the ambiguity. And it was even in the doctrine that we read. We didn't really nail down this is exactly how. Right. We don't want it. We're trying to to be careful about being too specific there. Yes. Because the Bible, what the Bible doesn't do is it doesn't say, here are all the ways in which (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. Now, it's clear, as we're going to look at, at a couple of passages in a second, it's clear that this doctrine exists. It's true. Yes. But, again, how it expresses itself is a little bit less clear. Right. Right. So um, so a couple of passages that, that talk about this. The first is Genesis 1, 26 and 27, which is the abbreviated account of the creation of humanity. Um, And so it says, uh, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. So right away we see we see a couple of things here. One is this idea that of having authority that's part of over over creation itself is part of being made in the image of God. We have um, 
but we also have this idea of of distinction um, also being part of the image of God, that male and female is essential to that, yeah. too. Um, so, uh, but that's not the only passage we have, is it? No, Colossians 3.10, this kind of says a little bit more um, succinctly, mm-hmm. uh, picking up in the middle of, of, of one of Paul's thoughts here, and have put on the new self, we put on the new self, you are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. So there we see this idea of being made in the image of the creator and being renewed in mm-hmm. Christ in that image, because as we say in the, in the, in the essential doctrine, the image of God is in everybody, even unregenerate people. Yes. But that image, it could we could say it's been marred or something, or it doesn't. Um, it's we don't live it out. We don't express it apart from Christ. And when we come to Christ, we're able to do that. So we've already started talking about some of the the cautions. So let's just kind of restate one of the the first cautions about this doctrine as we think about it, and it is. How this is defined precisely is not clear. It varies. And so you might pick up a, uh, a systematic theology, for example, written by one person, and he or she may say, well, here's what it means to be in the image of God and list several ways. You may pick up another, and that person may give a different account of what it means to be in the image of God because it's not clear in Scripture. Now, you intimated one a minute ago that I agree with, that it seems like this authority over creation is one way that mm-hmm. we have been granted authority under God's authority, of course. Yes. Um, but we have been granted this authority that he has not granted to anybody else. And so that idea of, of ruling, God is, is the ruler. And so when we rule under his sovereign rule, we're expressing one of his attributes. So, so many would say that's one of, of the ways we are made in the image of God. Some would say it's our ability to reason that we uh, have the ability to to reason unlike other creatures. Uh, some would say the emotions that we feel, um, again, unlike other creatures. So there are different kind of ideas of what it means precisely. But again, we have to give each other a little bit of, of elbow room here mm-hmm. and say, yeah, that, that could be. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that is, but that could be. And, and I personally come from the area. I, I don't think it's – I think all of those could factor into yeah. it. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's a one thing. It's yeah. just his authority or just authority, for right. example. Right. Yeah, that's just an example. Exactly. And it's just one that's that's clear in there. I mean, we think about, um, you know, logic or, or being able to think rationally. Yeah. That's, that's one, you know, the fact that we can have – that we exist to have relationships, that we are yeah, relational relation, beings. Yeah, yeah. Um, because God exists within himself in an eternal relation, eternal loving relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and creation is an overflow of that um, as opposed to a need, <laughs> um, whereas we actually need relationships. Yes. Um, and there's not just personal experience to back that up, but there's actually even science to back yes. that up, too. Um, so there we go. There's some that's kind of fun. <laughs> um so that's, that's the yeah. first caution. Aaron, what's what's another thing yeah. that we need to be careful about as we think about this doctrine? Yeah. Um, I think one of the things is that we have to remember that um, the ways we're like God are not com- not complete. Um, so um, if rational thinking is one, uh, we're not – we have to remember that we are not on the same level as God. Yeah. Um, a simple way to say it is that uh, although we are like God, we are not God. Yeah. And so – 
Um, there are ways that God is not like us and we are not like him. So where he is infinite, we are finite. We are exactly. limited. Um, and he is not. Yeah, um, that's we are made in his image, yeah. not we are made to be him. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And we don't and we can't become him yes. either. So we can't become divine. We can only we can only reflect our creator. So not even not even generic divinity, because that's a different kind of crazy heresy um, that's out there. Um, and we don't become gods like the Mormons think. Um, we are image bearers of God. So that is it. So we reflect something of his nature, character, attributes to the world imperfectly to point the world to him. Exactly. And I think that takes me to another concern or not a concern, a caution that we have to have in mind here is that when we think of the image of God, we have to understand that involves everybody. Yes. That all of humanity is created in the image of God. This is not just something that's just true of believers. And again, I've heard it explained this way, and I, I, I would say wrongly, that the image of God ceases or it's broken completely. Right. Well, that was um, early. That was early on, at least, uh, Martin Luther's view that the image of God was destroyed. Yeah. And then when you come to Christ, it's replenished. Right. Well, that means that anybody who's unregenerate would now not be an image bearer. And that that's not the case. No. I think the, the, the biblical case is stronger that, no, 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 they're still an image bearer. Now, whether you want to, what we're use here can be a little bit uh, uh, contentious, whether yes. you want to say it's marred, hidden. Distorted. Distorted, whether it's still there in fullness, but that person doesn't live it out. Right. I think there's there's room there to kind of have some interesting discussions about yeah. what what the, what sin did to the image of God. But what I think you go too far is when you say it was destroyed. Yes. And I think this is important. This is why this this doctrine has been meaning more and more to me of, of late, it, just in my own life, of thinking about, man, if this is true, if the image of God is true— and we would say, of course it is. And everybody's an image bearer. Man, that is so important to me as I think about how I need to look at all people, no matter what they look like, no matter what language they speak, no matter where they live, no matter what income bracket they're in. Um, even if they cut me off in traffic on the way home today, I got to remember that person is an image bearer of mm -hmm. God. And because of that, they have great worth for that reason alone. Right. Now, again, this is not suggest that there is not another critical difference that happens when we come to Christ. Yes. And we are changed. We become a new creation in that. So we got to be careful right. about, you know, putting believers and unbelievers exactly the on the same, same level. Right. Well, and this is why I have, um, I'm sure, I, I'm not sure how you feel about this particular language, but why I really dislike um, phrases like people saying, you know, we're all God's children. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, we're not. Right. It's like, there's a, that, that, dis, that's, it's, that dismisses adoption. Right. If we're all God's children, then adoption is pointless. Right. But adoption is essential to the gospel. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, J.I. Packer once said, and I mean, this is a very technical way of saying it, but it's still really cool. He once described, uh, he was asked to, to describe the gospel um, at its core. And he said, it's adoption by propitiation. Mm. So basically becoming God's children through a substitutionary death. 
Yeah. Um, and that is um, that's just a profound statement there. Yeah. And so that's why it's really important. So I think we need to preserve that, of course, that distinction. But I think sometimes people go too far mm-hmm. and they make this sharp contrast. It's us and them. Yes. And it's almost as if unbelievers, unregenerate are of no value or right. worse. And, right. No, no, they're still image bearers. Right. And that's why it's really important for Christians to be involved in the public square. Yes. And looking at the rights of all people, yes. not just the rights of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so this is why, I mean, um, you know, we've got we've got friends who um, who advocate for this um, through agencies that that work with the Southern Baptist Convention. They're a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, and their mandate is is to be advocating for the rights of all people, for the looking at the good of all people. And the goal of that is is as we pursue the good of the good of all people, we get to show the love of Christ to all people so that all people may come and believe in Christ. Yeah. Um, that's the end goal of all of that for, for all of us. And so that's why the the image of God um, ultimately matters um, in, in, a, in a great respect, which leads into the rest of our question, uh, our next question, yeah. doesn't it? What difference this should make? And I've yeah. already started the first one, so I'll just kind of continue on. Yeah. Um, to me, this, this puts to death all isms. Yes. Uh, there's no room for any isms within the body of Christ. And by isms, of course, I'm talking about racism, sexism, you go on nationalism, you go on anything, anything that that specifically sinful nationalism. There's nothing wrong with being proud of, proud to be an American, a Canadian. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know many Canadians who are really proud to be Canadians. Well, I'm sure there are two of them. Well, a lot of us are just proud to not be Americans. (laughs) There you go. But Um, yeah. And what I mean by nationalism is that it's, these isms are, I'm better than somebody else because of correct this correct. reason. And so, that's the key. We have to be we yeah. it's important that we differentiate between exactly. one and it's, the other. It's it's a matter of being better or worse because right. of these things. There's no room for that. The, the, this doctrine says no no no. Everybody has great worth and equal value as mm-hmm. image bearers alone. Yes. And so to suggest that that somebody matters more because the amount of melanin in their skin is sinful. Yes. Or where they were born or what language they speak or or how much money they have. You know, you go on and on. There's no place in this. The the gospel compels us to say, I care about you. I love you. I respect you and value because you are an image bearer of God. Right. Period. Right. Yeah. Um, And I mean, it it defines who we are as people. So if we're God's image bearers, that's an important place to start. I mean, you, you've, you've said this just now. If, if it puts a death to all isms, then it inherently says, okay, I care about you because you are, because you are made in the image of God. You exhibit some of his qualities, even if it's just the barest amount um, with those people that are really hard to love. Yeah. It's like there's got to be something there, and you got to look for it. Those Nashville traffic but, drivers. Oh, those, yeah. Well, some some people are thinking that about us too. So yeah. um, everybody's a Nashville traffic uh, driver sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, and that's why we need that kind of grace too. Um, so it helps us have grace for others. <laughs> exactly. Um, it gives us it gives us motivation for sharing the gospel itself, though. Because if all people are made in the image of God, that means that all people um, need to hear the message of the gospel, that all people are capable of being um, being adopted into God's family by faith 
yeah. in Christ. And so all need the opportunity to respond to that message. Um, so it's a motivator for mission because we want we want all people from every nation. All, um, we would love it if there if there was no one going to hell. <laughs> that should be the goal of missions is yep. that no one goes to hell um, and that everyone gets to be with Jesus forever. And so our job is to tell as many people as we can and demonstrate the love of uh, the love of God as um, as we bear His image and yeah. as we are being perfected in the image of of in the renewed image of Christ um, as believers. Yeah, and I think the 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 last thing, well, not the last, but the the last thing I'm going to mention there. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's more uh, difference that this should make is not only does the image of God give us value now you know we live in a culture where people are starving for uh, self-worth identity Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it and they often seek in the wrong places i would argue the thing that gives us value is this that that we're image bearers so Mm -hmm. we should never question our own value yeah but here's the here's the other thing that even gets more beautiful than that this helps us anticipate our future glorification when we will exhibit our true nature as image bearers because sin will be no more again right now we this image even in christ because we still sin the in fullness we are not able to project it properly Mm -hmm. but a day is coming when we are glorified when sin will be no more that we will once again as adam and eve did initially in eden for however long that was before the fall however long genesis 2 was until we got to 3 we will be able to to express what it means to be an image bearer again perfectly one day again not we will not be as god is Mm -hmm. we will be as god made us to be and that is something that we can look forward to with with great hope and anticipation. So let, let's just call it there. Um, I, I hope this has been a helpful conversation. Uh, as we think about this doctrine again, I, I just see really important connections with our culture today. So hopefully it has been meaningful. If you have found this episode helpful, um, we want to encourage you to leave a sincere five-star rating review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And as always, for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.